Steve. Hey, Chris. Why do you sound so disappointed? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You ruined my joke, because my joke was going to be how disappointed I was in Spider-Man Far From Home. Wait, 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 wait. You were... This is... uh... (laughs) (laughs) I really like Spider-Man Far From Home. Dude, that was the worst video game to movie adaptation I've ever seen. It didn't even have anything to do with Sony's Marvel Spider-Man. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he wasn't in high school. They didn't even have Martin Lee. No sign of Dragon. See, that's my joke. That's my joke. That was your joke. That was oh, my joke. <laughs> Did you really think for a minute I was disappointed? I don't know. <laughs> Did you see the expression on my face? Yes, I know. And, and observe my moment of silence there. Yes. <laughs> That's excellent. I can somehow I have the worst poker face, and yet I can start with I was going to joke with, and you take me seriously. Well, the I know you just love to hate things, <laughs> so I wasn't sure if you just found a way to hate this beautiful movie. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, I, I think maybe okay, beautiful might be a strong word. Pardon if we have an echo in the room. I think we have a slight one. We're in a new room. so. Uh, but hey, we're at least recording. We had technical difficulties last time. We lost a complete excellent recording of the Nintendo Our E3. 50th episode, right? Fi- that's right. Now the 50th, 50th episode is wasted on yet another Marvel movie. Uh, at least it's Spider-Man with Tom Holland. It was a good Spider-Man. Uh, oh my gosh. So, yes, I did enjoy it. Okay. So, um... I was going to we... have to stop being friends with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be the end of AC. We were ending it on the 50th episode, done. Two Friendship minutes, gone. Two minutes in. And Christmas time rolls around, where's Mr. Chris? And Steve's going to be like, we had to kill him. (laughs) But. (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, this episode we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Hopefully you've already gotten a chance to see it. I was surprised at how not crowded my theater was when it was only a week later. Like, considering Avengers Endgame was still getting packed, and granted, Spider-Man Far From Home is not exactly the most packed, like, well, it's not exactly, like, as big of an event, but... Yeah, and and there is, I would say about a third of the way through the movie, I was feeling my superhero fatigue be replaced by enthusiasm again, but there, (laughs) there is a lot of of superhero fatigue among, and Marvel fatigue, and probably some people who watched Endgame and are saying, you know what, I'll just... You're just done now? I'm, I'm gonna... That was enough Marvel movies for a life, one lifetime. Well, in case anyone is sitting on this because they have Marvel and superhero fatigue, what I'll say that I liked about Far From Home is that it felt fresh again. Because it's so weird, because clearly the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe angle, like, that whole universe is built into the narrative of the of the film. And yet at the same time, it's still focused on the age of, of Peter Parker. His, you know, I just want to be a teenager. 
element and angle and everything. Mm -hmm. And the interactions he has with his fellow students, it's all... It felt different. And to me, it felt like a breath of fresh air compared to everything else. So I think I, I, think I put my finger on it, uh, thinking about it later. And so one of the things that Marvel's done well, especially sort of getting out of phase two, is that all of the movies, while they were, and I'm not, this is nothing groundbreaking or revolutionary here that I'm saying, all the movies were a different genre, essentially, but with the, the Marvel lacquer put onto it. Where you've got yes. Thor's this fantasy crossover epic, and Guardians of the Galaxy is a, you know, a space, a sci-fi fantasy space opera. It's one of the reasons it works the best, because right. it's still a Marvel movie, but it's got its own identity. Right, Ant-Man's a heist movie. And so, and so what I think about all these, though, is they're all sort of blockbuster genres mixed up with superhero movies. And what I think Far From Home is, it's like a Garden State indie, like, teen drama sort of thing, just teen dramedy. Okay, I'm gonna cut you off right there. That got spliced in with a superhero movie. Because teen comedy movie thing, you're not off there, but comparing the movies you did and that indie angle, I don't know. Okay, I, maybe starting with Garden I, State I, was the wrong one. Okay, but, but take away, wipe out um, all of the Spider-Man aspects of the movie. And you've got a movie about a bunch of teenagers having sort of comical love life things as they go on a road trip through Europe. It's not stupid. Maybe not Garden State, but that, in that kind of vein. Well, also, it's funny, there's drama. When I was in college, my friends sat down and forced me to watch Euro Trip. Yeah, ins yeah. Insisting that it was good. No, no, no. See, that's, it, that's a that's, whole different... That's a whole different, because that's got the raunch angle, but that's the, I think there's a, there's a middle where, ground. I think there's a middle ground. Well, that's where I, I invoked Garden State to it. It's a... It's right. It's not not like a teen comedy, like American Pie or Euro Trip or something like that. If you get rid of the like Spider-Man, there's a John Hughes quality to it. Maybe, yeah, maybe more a little more John Hughes. But it's... It, and I think, to some degree... It's not as so much of a sort of a blockbuster genre that's being pulled at here. Yes, that might actually. Where, and so, but then you integrate the Spider-Man elements, and now you've got, now you've got your blockbuster. And the Spider-Man elements are so good. I was like, there were a couple parts where, as a as a longtime Spider-Man fan, a reader of comics, somebody who's watched. Every Spider-Man TV show, even the crappy one, the, the CG graphics and Neil Patrick Harris, um, like I, I can't. I need to save it for the spoiler section. But there's one sequence in particular that just stands out as that just totally blew me away in the execution of some really hard to put on screen Spider-Man things. We'll have to talk about it in the spoiler section. But we will have to talk about it. Because for, for me, there's... What really solidified this to me, 
as these guys understanding how Spider-Man works was actually the very ending of it. Oh, man. And that, again, <laughs> we'll have to talk about it in the spoiler section, but the way this film ends is so perfectly Spider-Man. And I'd say that's, oh, that, that's a lot of just how the, the, the story goes in general. Like they, and so it's something that's never happened to Spider-Man before. In any, and I think this is something that they're getting right. Is So they're taking things that are, to the comic book purist, wrong. Um, but it's the in some right. ways, in some ways, they're being more true to the spirit or the idea than the comic books were. So the, the one example I think of is MJ, right? Yes. So she's not Mary Jane Watson, but she's MJ. So she's very clearly a stand-in in this universe, at least at this point, for, for Mary Jane. And I think what they've done is where Sam Raimi basically took somebody who looks like a, you know, redhead comic book. Looks like the character, but doesn't at all shell. behave like him. Right. She calls him Tiger, and that's it. And, 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 like, this sort of idea of this, like, fetishized girl next door. Uh, the, I don't forget the director is, but what the MCU has done with MJ is create somebody who's actually like a girl next door. Like, she's sort of like the girl you knew that was maybe somewhat, didn't really stand out for so, anything in particular, but it's perfect. Because it's technically not a spoiler, I do want to get a bit more into her, actually, because the only thing that I'm disappointed in is we didn't get more of her actual background. And by that, I mean, one of the things, like, we, we I think we talked about Spider-Man Homecoming before, mm -hmm. and I think we talked about, in fact... That might have been one of our earliest episodes. But we'll have to check the archives. I remember discussing with Mary Jane, one of the things that I thought was interesting is if you watch that movie again, what you'll pick up on is the fact that she's never going home. Hmm. She's all, like, why is she in certain classes? She has, she has an excuse. But like, why is she in this club? Why is she in detention when she doesn't have to be? You know, why is she doing all these things? Right. And if you are familiar enough, again, with the comics, or if you remember Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, not a good home life. Right. In Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, it's one scene where they talk in the backyard and they never really address it again. Here, they're still in high school, so it's still a factor. Never addressed in this film. Maybe they're saving it, but I have a feeling... like I, That's not one of the things I was waiting for, is a bit more... Because what they're doing is they're taking that background of Mary Jane's, bringing it into a modern day interpretation. What would a character like this be like? What would someone experience yeah. that? What would they be like today? And it's funny because what's what was interesting about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, they tried to interpret Peter Parker as he would be today. And right. as opposed to everything about Sam Raimi's is old fashioned. Even the kind of dweeb that uh, Peter Parker was was an old-fashioned one, right? And um, and you had Flash Thompson as the perfect jock bully in the as his Spider-Man, right? As the original thing, but then you you take the the Flash Thompson in the in the new, in the new in MCU and in the new MCU is is he's a totally different kind of bully. He's 
He's a rich, spoiled, Instagram influencer who's a verbal bully. Yes. And who's just as powerful as a verbal bully as Flash was, if not more powerful in some ways, as Flash was as a physical. And yet he's he looks up to Spider-Man in that same vein where it's like he doesn't see how he's unlike Spider-Man. Hmm. Like he doesn't see how he's not heroic himself, how he is more, you know, he doesn't see his own, but it's still different. It, it, you're right. It, it feels more modern. It feels different. It feels... I think so much of this, so much of it feels right. It feels like these are guys that understand how to write a Spider-Man story, even better than Michael, Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people know how to write a story better than Brian Michael Bendis. Oh yes, especially now that he's working at DC. Just ask the DC Comics fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's that has somewhat been a theme at in the Marvel movies as far back as we want to go. In that they can be inaccurate while still keeping the spirit of, of these things alive. Um, so where, they, where they've taken liberties, I, they generally still have kept the spirit alive. Yes. And that's pretty much all of these changes with Spider-Man, I think, fit into that. Uh, maybe the only change that seems a little bit that, from a logical perspective, makes all the sense in the world, but doesn't necessarily jive otherwise is um, Aunt May. Like, I respect the fact that Aunt May is aged appropriately for having a nephew in high school. Yes. Because I have a niece in high school, or who's about to go into high school. Okay, Marissa Tomei is like 20 years older than you. Still, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, but like, um, in in all of the classic Spider-Man and in the- She looks like and, a grandma, not right. a aunt. She looks like she should be his great aunt. Like, she's like 50 years older than Peter Parker, and I'm like doing the math here, and I'm like, were you like 20 years older than your sister? Yeah, your sister or something. You know what I mean? It's sort of so. This is a bit more. So, so it's it's logically it makes sense, but at the same time, you've there is an element of a lot of the Aunt May storylines that sort of don't. You're not going to be able to go there yet with Marissa Tomei. Yeah. She's not the fixed income widow with, you know, who's going to be stuck living in her hovel for the rest of her life. she is working at Feast or some kind of equivalent oh, to. Feast, right, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. I was actually looking at it like, does it say Feast anywhere? Is, is, is this like a... Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar, Feast is the fictional homeless shelter from the Spider-Man game on, on PlayStation Which 4. is evidently from the comics. From so like, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, As, yeah, it has a history beyond the beyond the Spider-Man game. But yeah, that's the most recent. Now, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to discuss. Oh, I guess before getting to spoilers, just a minor note. Like, I think the only downside is I feel like you got a lot of, you got a lot of all the other characters. I feel like you might have had too many characters to bounce around between so nobody really gained a lot of extra depth aside from Peter and MJ. And MJ's was still mostly, yeah, mostly Peter grew, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, leave, I, I, I'll I leave it to they, other people to debate how much I MJ thought the whole, the whole arc with, um, this isn't, I don't think this is, qualifies as a spoiler. The whole thing with Ned and Betty 
I thought that was an interesting. I knew exactly how because okay. I, I, know, I, don't know I if you knew remember. exactly what was gonna happen too. I don't know if you remember because I remember watching the trailer and be like, "Why well, think Ned's gonna get himself a lady in this?" Because there's like one <laughs> shot, one shot where she's got his hand and they're running for the the cover. Yeah. Um, it was it was something that was sort of it was the unex it was like the the unexpected thing that you totally expected to happen. You know, five minutes into the movie. Well, uh, the way they executed it, especially. It's, uh, I know exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was, I was it actually was, a little disappointed. I, would, I think it was, at the very least, though, it sort of... It they added were having a little, fun. It added a little, right. They were having fun. Um, and it it adds a little bit of... of it, it sort of moves... It slides Ned in, away from just being a, you know, hopeless... The guy in the chair. Right. He's the hopeless loser that's friends with Spider-Man or something like that, where he actually gets to have a life of his own. And he has more fun on the trip than Peter does, apparently, yeah. in some ways. So, um, Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's other stuff I had to say towards that. But, I mean, is there... How, how much can we say without going to this? Well, I mean, it's just, I mean overall, um, and yeah, you really can't can't go into too much without spoilers. They did a really good job, I think, with the ad campaign and with other things. Um, it was honestly, it was, it, it was, this is an aspect of it that's so perfect as we move into spoiler territory. I think we're moving into spoiler territory now. Um, okay, just firstly, again, I liked it I, I loved quite a it. bit. There's only, uh, oddly enough, the only thing that killed my enthusiasm for more Spider-Man was the like final post-credit stinger. That was the only thing, but that more just killed my enthusiasm for the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's not for any like any any like oh, reasons. It was not for any like argumentative internet reasons, um, which because I can automatically if you've already seen the movie and you hear that it's like are you going to be assuming that I'm like oh I'm a hater of things. Uh, but no, that's it's not that. It's not it's, that which killed it for me. But I, I, think, I think what the what it what it is what it feels like right now is like a out of nowhere gotcha. The final scene, the final scene where it's like, ha like you yeah, never saw that gotcha. coming. And it was like that. In some ways, it's like that kind of taints the whole movie for me. I don't think and, it really did for me, but well, I mean, because I, well, in the future I can always just not watch that. Is that simple? Well, yeah. you know, there's one line, one line I got to ask you about and be like, is that supposed to be the hint? But one, but uh, aside from oh that yeah, no, it's totally the hint. It's totally okay. they, they totally gave you a hint in the movie. Okay. And don't you dare invoke it. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, anyways, um, no. Otherwise, and, though. This made me excited for more Spider-Man movies. Yeah, and definitely. I do want to see more of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I do kind of wish it was detached from the rest of the MCU at this point. And in a way, I mean, obviously, aspects of it, the whole idea of Peter Parker as the heir apparent to Tony Stark sort of forces you into the MCU. And But at the same time, I feel like this coming right out of Endgame and having to do a bunch of legwork for you on, this is what happened in Endgame, and this is how we're in a Spider-Man movie with Spider-Man in high school after the events of Endgame, and 
sort of like the movie starts with that. Yeah. And it almost gets in the way of the movie getting going. Even if they did handle it in a humorous way. Yeah, they, they did a good job with it. But it's still, it's sort of, I can I can see where this movie in particular was weighed down a little bit by the baggage yes. of the MCU. Yes. But at the same time, one of the things that I have just been like, ever since I read um, Avengers vs. X-Men, um, this is going to sound The weird. comic book? The comic book. Okay. I have, I have like... I saw Spider-Man in a different light in that because one of the things that series did was sort of put Spider-Man as this, like, he's he's supposed to be the next guy. Like, the guy. The next, the guy. But, it's comic books. And nobody ever really dies. Nobody's ever really gone. Tony Stark can't, has died, you know, five times since 1967. But he's never really dead. Remember Captain when Captain America? America died in Civil War? Of course you don't, because it doesn't matter. Right, Captain right. America. And all these other, Captain America never really died, and, and all these other things. And so what I'm looking forward to is, finally, some version of the Spider-Man fiction where Peter Parker grows up, and he gets to be the guy. That he is the hero, he is the one who is making the sacrifices and doing what needs to be done. They don't have to reset back to status quo. They never have right. They never have to go back to status quo now. They're not Tony Stark's not going to come back from the dead and lead the Avengers again. Captain America isn't going to become magically de-aged and then spend a year being Hydra and then being back to normal again and being the leader again. Spider-Man might actually get a chance to be Tony Stark. To be the new Iron Man. And that is the one thing that, um, among other misgivings, makes me want to watch. Not the one thing, but um, watch this Spider-Man develop in the MCU as part of it and not just as Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So. so with that being said, I think it's spoiler time. Spoiler territory starting now. Shut off the podcast. If you just want to see the movie, no spoilers. You know we liked it. Go see it if you haven't. If you were like sitting on it, go see it. Go see it. Um, and now spoilers. So. Spoilers. Okay, so Mysterio, like, oh my gosh! Like, you technically already spoiled it. The funny thing is, because <laughs> I forgot what Mysterio's powers were, so I'm like, yeah, alternate universe, and you're like, come on, man, he's he's, he's an oh, illusionist. In the, other, in the other podcast. Yeah, you're yeah. like, come on, man, he's an illusionist. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. And <laughs> after that, I'm sitting the whole, like, I'm sitting there, like, okay, so how does he pull this off? How is he pulling this off? And I think. So okay, when the drone, when the when you when you see the piece, the like the shiny piece, like thing, and it like it's like the projection blips for a I second. I was trying to figure out what that was. Yeah, well, and that's when that's the point when you're like, okay, like there's some kind of, and Peter, you know, calls the drone and other stuff, and I felt like they were sort of, they were trying to, I don't think they really gave it away at any point, but they were trying to clue you into some of this stuff. It'll um, probably be fun if you watch it a second time. Yeah. yeah, you probably would would really see the clues. So I think I think there's this meta element of it though, where Mysterio's deception as a as an as an illusionist, special effects, etc., as a as a craftsman of this sort of thing, extended into the advertising campaign, where people who do not know who Mysterio is were going into this movie thinking that Mysterio is some kind of new hero. Or at least some kind or of a new super, even if they don't trust him to be a good guy. Right. Um, 
and instead he's just a regular guy. He's just a regular guy, and um, with a grudge against Tony Stark. <gasps> Somebody has a grudge against Tony Stark. You know what? what? See, hold on, hold on. What I really loved about that is, because again, like, let's see. Opens. Okay, that's see. I was I was about to go. I had to really had to pee. I was about to go to the bathroom, and then and then I'm, I'm like, okay, like they're gonna do some more high school stuff, and I can miss that and be okay. And I'm getting up. And then it's like the I see the projection start turning off in that little cafe bar thing, and I'm like, oh no, like oh no, <laughs> and then he does his like his villain speech, and I'm like, oh, this is so good. And like, you're sitting there like your legs are together, you're like, I gotta pee, but I just. Well, I was actually at this point, I'm standing up and I'm standing in the back of the theater, like. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. This is why you pee before the movie, people. Yes. And you don't get the big gulp. I got the big soda. Because I love that, like, the... the <laughs> I was at the theater that has the cool soda machine. So I had, like, a, a vanilla orange Coke. The AMC? At the AMC, yeah. I should have never taken you to the AMC, but... Yeah, so now... So that's what was crowded. That was what was... Like, oh, I yeah. went to the, 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 re the United Artists because that was crowded. Okay, but anyway, yeah, so, so that was... Anyway, so I had to be, but that was, I really loved that. Again, it was another example of sort of moving inaccurate to the comics and previous incarnations in some senses, but perfect for the MCU. For the MCU. Perfect and interpretation perfect in for the MCU. Yes. And the, the sequence, the sequence where he thinks he's going to get Nick Fury and it was really just Mysterio the whole time. Yes. That was like, that was mind-blowingly perfect Mysterio. Like, I cannot imagine. I've seen a sequence like that animated that was really good in the Spectacular Spider-Man, which, if you love Spider-Man, you should get the Spectacular Spider-Man. It's an it's a animated show. It was really good um, from a few years ago before Disney bought Marvel. Uh, you're going to make this a real pain with how quiet you're talking when i got to throw music in. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm moving closer to the mic. Everything should be loud. Everything should be loud. As if you're so yelling at your children. <laughs> yelling at children. So anyway, so I just, that was like, I think that was the point in the movie too where I was just like 100% invested in this movie and how they're going to do it. Because uh, what I loved about that move was until that point, you, it's, it's like in memoriam. Like it's like we remember the heroes, and it's all about being the next Tony Stark. And you see, like they got the spray paint of Tony Stark with like the cross or something, a wire man with a cross, and everyone's remembering in this great way. And like Marvel themselves are willing to remind you, yeah, he was a jerk to people. Yeah, like, not everyone likes him, and I get it. And you're dealing with Stark tech, like the the tool. Even when he's dead, his gear is being used as a weapon. Like, think about that. Yeah. Think well, about... And, and that's where, like, Happy's speech to him at the end. He's like, Tony Stark wasn't even, like, Tony yeah, Stark. right. Like, this is... Like... I liked that they did that. Like, with, with remembering he was just a man. And that's part... Again, that's part of the whole thing about it. Because what is... What is... What is, uh... Peter's issue is... How can I be the next Tony Stark? I'm just a kid. He was just a man. Mm -hmm. Like, it's possible. 
So I really liked what they did with Mysterio and that his motivation is tied into... Because otherwise, yeah. otherwise, like, I feel like um, Vulture is still one of the best villains they have because the whole movie could be spent getting to understand him, getting thought, to know him. That was another... That, uh, <laughs> that was another perfect twist, by the way, was Vulture in Homecoming. Just being was When... Spider-Man coming home to pick, going to pick up his date for the, um, Liz? Liz. And there he is. Yeah. And there's, there's, uh, oh man. So, the other thing that I thought was really good, and I don't know if they planned it this well, or maybe they did, was the whole idea, it's something that's been lacking in the the Spider-Man, that Spider-Man's been missing so far in the MCU, is the obvious spider sense or Peter Tingle if you will the Peter Tingle you've yes. seen his hair stand on end when Thanos showed up and he's obviously had good reflexes in all of the, the battles we haven't seen like in the Raimi's films it was one of the first it was abil- selective but it's one of the first abilities that he developed is you know you see he's getting going to his locker and everything's moving in slow motion around him the flies in slow motion he catches the, stuff he shouldn't be able to right the fist is coming towards his face and he you know all that stuff he reacts perfectly where this spider-man hasn't quite had that yet and so and again that's always how he beats mysterio is the only way he can separate illusion from reality is by not trusting his his what he sees and what he hears but instead trusting in his spider sense to tell him where the danger is. It's Peter Tingle. It's Peter Tingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Peter Tingle was amazing. That was, a, oh, I love that. See, that's another thing. The way they're implementing Aunt May in this is, like, she's still not very deep in the story, but she's a character. She's involved in his life in ways that, is more than just worrying about... Actually, that's the funny thing I realized. You, know, you talk about deviation, because what's, what's the big concern? It's like, oh, Aunt May's going to find out. She can't find out. She'll worry about me and this, that. Dude, she's like, remember to pack your suit? Yeah. I packed your suit for you. Like, so he's getting pulled <laughs> up by the TSA, opening the case, and boom. There's a <laughs> there's Spider-Man. Spider-Man or Night Monkey suit. Night Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the mo- yeah. see, see, yeah. it's no longer the noir suit. It's the night monkey suit. It's the suit. night monkey suit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, so another thing I think was that they, so let's talk about the ending, ending real quick. Okay, we want to jump to the end? Well, do we, oh, do we want to, I mean, there's a lot to talk about in, in Europe, I guess. When it comes to some of the most, because like what I was kind of holding in I was actually like really looking forward to seeing Ned develop with another character that wasn't Peter to the point that he got close to a girl, like that he got close to Betty. Instead, Betty doesn't feel like a character. She does feel like a one-off joke that lasted the whole movie right. until the very end. You know, the you're so wise. Like she doesn't feel like a character. She feels like a tool that for Ned to have his moment and yet still like make jokes right and I guess that's fine you can't develop everyone but then it's like you have that moment at the end with Flash Thompson where he's talking to his mom what did he say what was the oh are you gonna come pick me up it's basically like are you gonna pick me up no like you're the chauffeur's there basically yeah and and so you get an angle like 
they, they give Flash Thompson more development. And it's not like they're going to make him into Venom. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah, but they it was, it was like an awesome just one-off, though, right? Like, one one little line... Give you so much, kind of give you so much insight into the character, and yet, I mean, I just think it's kind of a downside that we didn't get that with Betty because it's like, as soon as they're on the plane and you see it happen, it's like, oh, they're going to date the whole movie and then they're going to break up at the end. Yeah, and I kind of hate stuff that I can see coming like that. I yeah, it was a, it was a cool little, it was sort of like a cool little joke. I I like, but again, I, I liked it because it it took a character who in other. And other movies might would have just been the butt of jokes, right? He's the fat yes. guy. He's the he's, he's Peter the guy Murray. in the chair. Yeah, <laughs> but, and so he could have just been the butt of the jokes, and instead he got to like live a little bit, and he got to yeah. he's you know he got to well he already had his bachelor's keep... in Europe plan. Yeah, his big. And I, I love some of the lines too because there is kind of like there's an accuracy to both perspectives where it's like, come on, European chicks dig Americans. I don't know if that's true, and it's like <laughs> technically both can be true right now, but it's it's like that 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 element that like that perspective kind of a thing, and you still got that like lack of improvisation where he tries to cover for Peter. Like, what is it? Uh, MJ no. comes up. And it's like he makes a story. Uh, like it just brings me back to the first in, in Homecoming, where it's like, "What are you doing in here? Looking at porn?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that is a great little sidekick character. Yeah, they have been doing him well, and that's what I meant too. Is like in some ways, it doesn't feel like you get enough time with him specifically, even though there's a lot of time devoted to him because there's all the other guys. And really, what was, like, other than the awkward, I guess, I guess that's part of what you mean by teen comedy, because, like, I don't feel like it adds anything, but, like, having Ben, who's, like, who should be 21 by that point, right? Because they're all 16. Well, I think the idea was the that he was, an under, he was an underclassman. Oh, he was an underclassman. I think that was the idea. He was, this, he was some kid, some scrawny little underclassman. And but now, he didn't poof. He didn't, he didn't blip. Yeah, because that's that, so that, now that was this, the. I can also see that, like that's where it's like, how do we deal with the end game aftermath? All of his class just happened to not blip. Right. So yeah, they're talking about this underclassman is now this full grown. Because I'm just sitting there trying to work. It's like, how is this 21 year old on this trip with them? And it almost, I mean, in some ways, it, it kind of it, it feels like the because for the most part, they're they're cast. They're, they're cast they're, age appropriate. Right, they're cast age appropriate. They're a couple years off now because they can't. Well, like, actually, Tom Holland's in his twenties, therefore. Thought, yeah, but they, but they were. They're they're now. They at least look. Yeah, they're they're getting off, but they started with age appropriate. Not like on the an egregious example I know off the top of my head is one of the mains on Glee was thirty years old. During the filming, like by the second or third season, he was in it. So, like, he's playing a junior in high school, and he's thirty. Like, so it's not it's not that kind of thing. But Ben kind of comes off a little bit like, you know, the he's, he looks older, man. Yeah. And like he he's got that whole like it just it just seems weird the yeah. whole time. But the the otherwise it's. Uh, but at the same time, like I can see where like something of that is missing because how are you going to have that teen comedy if he doesn't somehow feel threatened? Right. If he doesn't somehow have that uncertainty about MJ. Um, 
So yeah, so you got a little, a little bit of that. He was, and I do like how they also resolve things because it's like he does the typical like I'm not Spider Man. Like, what do you mean? What do you think I'm Spider Man? And that's the thing in a normal teen movie, like somewhat like some of that secret that's going to be like what you got to get over so that in the third act you win her back. And instead, it's like Mysterio's plan is like, yeah, I'm totally Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, wait, are, are you joking? Is it? Uh, at this point, I'm reciting the movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, no. It, like, it is good stuff, and I, I, I really enjoyed a lot of it. It's and that's what it is. it's characters, and they get Peter Parker right. They got Mysterio well enough because by the time he becomes a villain, then you got to have okay. Now here's the generic scene where we see how he's actually on edge and why Tony Stark fired him. Like right. how he's like kind of loopy in the head. But also I did, I was I was hoping for a bit more. Like if they were going to go for more stuff throughout the MCU of people in the background. Because they showed yeah. him backstage with... Uh, uh, with Barf. Barf, yes. <laughs> and then they had the guy that Obadiah Stane yelled at. Tony Stark built this in a cave. <laughs> the bots are scraps. See, that's why I will always love Jeff Bridges as Obadiah <laughs> It's not the villain that I like. It's Jeff Bridges as a villain that I love. Because that yell, that screams. That should be my ringtone. Like... <laughs> that, yeah. No, that that was a cool that was a cool little touch. Imagine getting a phone call in public all of a sudden. Tony Stark built this in the game. Oh look, it's my mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would be a good one for your boss at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Any anytime you get a like set up your your ticketing system, whatever with sound notification sounds. Tony Stark <laughs> built this in a cave. A box of scraps. You need the pause. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and um, yeah. So okay. So let's talk about Mysterio for a little bit. So right. So he's the history is he uses special effects, mind altering drugs, etc., to give off the appearance that he is a has magical powers of some sort. Um, but he's really just a guy with some pyrotechnics. And in this case, he's got drones and projectors and holograms um, and everything else. But he's a charlatan. He's a con artist. Um, And and I I I love the way that he was the perfect, especially in the first half. He's the perfect con artist. Oh no, I couldn't possibly. Tony Stark gave that to you, and I can't. You know, that's that's yours. And, and he's also being just the perfect nice guy, never apologize right. for being the smartest person in the room. Right, right. And like, where, you know, right, where Nick Fury's obviously hard on, well, Nick Fury, in air quotes, uh, is being hard on Spider-Man. Don't you dare invoke her name. Uh, so, um, I'm going I'm gonna to shoot the next person that knocks on that door. <laughs> Sorry, me and Steve just got to go see the movie again. Sorry, yeah, podcast yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, was, they did, I think they did a really good job in that lead up where they took it beyond just that he was, he's this, everything is, everything's fake. He's using illusion and everything else to making him this, this, this great con artist who is running, basically running a game to get the Edith tax tech. From Peter Parker, yep. um, and I, 
yeah, like it was very it was very clear at the beginning. Like obviously, like these things are lining up too well. Oh, the water monster appears in Venice, right when Peter Parker is in Venice. Venice. Yep. And then oh, we can very easily redirect his trip to Prague and all this other stuff. Um, so so I, I think they did a really good job. Right by the end, he's maybe a little bit mustache twirling, but then they give you the final twist. Where he's he's Glass got one, one more illusion, perfect Spider-Man twist, and this is the most. So this is something that's never happened to Spider-Man before, right? He, in the comic or anything, he's never been outed. Well, to that's the, world. the thing. Two things happen. One of them being like a typical Spider-Man thing, which is they do bring in J. Jonah Jameson, and they bring oh, J.K. Simmons <sighs> as J. Jonah Jameson, the perfect to... actor. They bring him back as J. Jonah Jameson. If they had done nothing else right in that whole movie, bringing back J.K. Simmons was it. It was it. And they have him as an InfoWars-type guy. That's The Daily Bugle is now an InfoWars website, style website. And he's got his rant. And that's the thing. Like, okay, so Mysterio, like, they, they, they recorded, like, an illusion and everything and modified it so it looks like Peter Parker's the bad guy that was saying to kill people. That was sending the drones to kill people after Mysterio had already vanquished the... The Elemental. The Elemental. So, right, so that, I mean, and then, yeah, that was Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and he's a bad guy, and he's using That's what you expect, and I'm just sitting here like, he's at the, and that's, it's not just that, that, it's that he's at the top of the world. Right. He's feeling good about himself, he's got a sense of, like, direction, he's got the girl, the girl doesn't like swinging through New York, so it's never gonna happen again. Right. But... He gets knocked all the way down, but you're right. It's never really happened like this in the comics. And, and that's been outed. He is now like, and it's like, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And with requisite, what the F? Like, yeah. cut it off. Oh. Uh, uh, it was, that was so, like, that was such a perfect Spider-Man. Like, it's the... It's the sort of thing where, like, they can't do it in the comic because they go into it one time, right? And yeah. it was such the perfect Spider-Man. Well, no, then you have Devilman coming. Oh, right, Mephisto, whatever, yeah. Mephiles, Mephistopheles. Um, I think Mephisto was Mephisto, right. Mephisto, yeah. Um, uh, but, oh, man, that was just... And, it, yeah, it obviously kills the, you as the audience member right at the end of the movie, too, where you're like, oh, like, was... Peter Parker gets a happy ending. No! Because you gotta, you gotta remember, being Peter Parker sucks. Being yep. Spider-Man is amazing. Being Peter, Peter Parker, Parker sucks. sucks. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> again, if they didn't get anything else right, <laughs> they got that, that was right. J.K. Like, Simmons, Peter Parker sucks. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there in my theater seat like, like I had the biggest grin. I'm sitting there like, this is awful. <laughs> I love it. Like, <laughs> it was so perfectly executed. It was so perfectly done. I am just, oh, I like. It's, it's I, one of those moments. It's one of those rare moments where you're in the theater, you see that, and you're like, I need the next one. I need it right now. I need it to come out tonight. Like, I need the sequel to this already. I don't want the rest of the MCU. 
I don't want the next. I don't care about the Eternals. I don't care about Black Widow. I don't care about about Guardians Three, Thor Thor Four, whatever. I don't care about Avengers next. I just want the next Spider Man. Spider Man. Following up right after this, I don't. And that's that's again the, the what reminded me, what brought me back, was that post credit singer where it turned out Black Widow and Maria Hill, oh, not Black Widow, Nick Fury and Nick Maria. Fury and Maria Hill, because I'm racist, uh, <laughs> but Nick Fury and Maria Hill are actually scroll. Scrolls. They're scrolls. scrolls. They're okay. scrolls the whole time. They're right. scrolls the whole time. It turns out Samuel L. Jackson. But they're working with. They're not. They're not like they're bads. They're working with. Nick Fury is taking a vacation on the space station from Captain Marvel. I didn't watch Captain Marvel, so I'm just sitting here like, okay, I guess this is the direction we're going. I think now. okay, so you didn't see Captain Marvel, so you may be. I know Samuel L. Jackson, younger younger Samuel L. Jackson, was in Captain so, Marvel. So the basic the basic thing that you need to know from Captain Marvel to get that is the scrolls were the good guys. In Cap- they, they actually made the scrolls into the good guys. So they were holed up on that space station where they're all working at the end. But they were they were like refugees on that space station that Captain Marvel saves. So scrolls, scrolls, not bad guys. In this are movie. currently good guys, right? So Nick Fury being up there. So Nick Fury was uh, was part of all that. So now Nick Fury is apparently using scrolls as agents on Earth to sort of keep his thing up. So I think that maybe that hits a little- Crazy. That hits a <laughs> That particular twist hits a little bit better when you've seen Captain Marvel. So you know this isn't like the start of Secret Invasion or something like that. But to me it's still like, oh yeah, the greater MCU. And I guess we're all in space now. Like, I mean, technically we've been in space. It's just- Right. I like- I, I'm just your friendly neighborhood look- Spider-Man. You've been to space, bitch. <laughs> I don't look forward to. I don't look forward to expanding further, like getting crazier, which is weird because it's like, like why do I like Guardians of the Galaxy? It is a perfectly good standalone sci-fi. Yes, you got. Infinity Stone, yes, you got Thanos. Thanos. In the background. It doesn't matter. It's a perfectly good standalone sci-fi adventure. And with a basically, if you're right, that's one where you take it, it's a sci-fi adventure with a sequel setup. Okay, there was a big bad behind the scenes pulling the strings. That's basically all you really needed. Thanos in that as he's used in that movie could have just been a, a, the Emperor in The Empire Strikes Back. And at the time, you didn't need to worry about them interacting with any of the future MCU movies. Right. I, like this reveal has to have repercussions immediately. What's the next movie that Spider-Man is in? And what repercussions are those going to have for the next one? Because I've up to this point, I've seen every MCU movie. Mm-hmm. I am at the point now. Oh, oh no! I shouldn't say you that. You haven't seen Captain Marvel because I haven't seen Captain Marvel. So I'm a liar. Um, it was up to Ant Man two. Ant Man of the Wasp. Yeah. Ant Man of the Wasp. Um, so I am no longer a guaranteed sale for MCU movies. 
and even now, like honestly, yeah, you're not. Looking... I almost forgot Captain Marvel came out this year, even though I saw Endgame. I almost forgot Captain Marvel came out this year until that final scene there. Right. I had forgotten about the movie, even though I watched Endgame. Like, and now it's like, oh, I not only never saw that, I never, like, I, I just, I, I don't want to see everything. I just want to see Spider-Man. You, basically, what it is, you don't want to have to go watch Captain Marvel 2 to catch a glimpse of Spider-Man to find out what happens in the aftermath of... Of Spider-Man being outed, kind at of the thing. very least, if he's not involved in the movie, I don't imagine it'll impact his whatever movie he next appears in. But remember, Captain America: Civil War involved Ant-Man and stuff like that. Like there, some of these movies, right? The Captain America: Civil that... War was the next Avengers movie. Basically, it was a, it was like Avengers two point five. Yeah. Um, so if you wanted to keep up with Tony Stark, you saw Captain America: Civil War. Right. So yeah, they can so I guess we'll see what they're how they're gonna do it. My my feeling and my my fear is that they're going to have in general cleaned up the ending of of Far From Home, the 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 mid credit scene by the time we see a full on Spider Man movie again. Yeah. That it's not it's not going to be Peter Parker on the run. Or something like that. It's going to be... Spider-Man, Civil War. Right. It's going to be... You know, they're going... However, Nick Fury or Scroll Nick Fury is going to have cleaned this up. Oh, this footage was doctored. Here's the real footage, which reveals that... You know, it doesn't reveal that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Even though you think it's weird that he was in... Peter Parker was in all the cities that Spider-Man was in. Maybe they'll keep Spider-Man revealed, but they'll have his name cleared and that kind of thing. So it's... They're going to clean things up in some fashion. So that, yeah, right. But, and, and also, the funny thing is up until this point, I also, because right at the very end of the movie, before all that happened, I was thinking like, so I guess what? The next movie, he's a senior in high school? Is that how it's going to be? And then it's 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 like, well, I guess we can throw all that out the window. Right. It's like we, we the next movie is going to be about something way more important in high school, which in some yeah. ways gets rid of the charm, though. It gets rid of the charm of being a standalone Spider movie, because part of again what makes what made this movie work was Peter Parker still being in high school and dealing with teenage drama. Yeah. So I guess I'll have to wait and see. And who knows, maybe there will be more stuff. Because again, like, it's not like I dislike the character of Doctor Strange. And I do like once in a while going back and watching the original Doctor Strange because it's at least an interesting movie to watch. It wants to be Iron Man again. But it's more it, visually interesting than Iron Man. It's at least a better Iron Man than Green Lantern was. <laughs> <laughs> That's visually something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting is probably not the right word for it, um, but and and again, like as I've said, anything with um, new Captain America uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, anything with those two, because the actors um, get ready to sign up for Disney Plus now. Oh no! Don't tell me they've announced like it's, it's a, a series. series. Yeah, it's a series. It's it's. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
Is it going to be a like limited series on Disney Plus or whatever it's called? Okay, never mind. With Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, that's who it was. I'm sitting here like Antonio Brown. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Crud. Oh God. See, no. No. Is that what they're doing now? Like, whatever big stars weren't enough to carry their own movie, allegedly. Are being shoved onto the uh, streaming platform. Yeah, that seems to be what's going on. Dear God, what a way to really kill! Like, yeah, because I mean, because I'll be honest, like, what what do they have planned next? Thor four, I'm not sure. I'm really in for, but it's got Taika Waititi. But what's the actual movie going to be? I don't know. It's going to be funny and and crazy, and Chris Hemsworth. Okay, you're probably is, right in that. Regard. Is a, is basically a human golden retriever, and hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the the I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see I, because right I'm now, in the same. Here's, here's the thing. I'm, I was I went into Spider Man Far From Home. I wanted to see it, but I was also feeling fatigued by the whole thing. I I feel like, you know, maybe we could have gotten more time after Endgame, uh, but it makes sense why they did this now. But, and then I got halfway through the movie and I was like, I love this. I want all of this right now, all the time. Give me more of this. And then, but now I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to like, I don't care about the Eternals. And like, there's only so much that they can do that's gonna be different. Like they've sort of, they've, that's one thing they've sort of exhausted, right? Is they've gone through so many genres, so many different types of films, and that's part of what kept three movies a year watchable, was you have, you know, Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Infinity War for being superhero movies were incredibly different movies. Like, incredibly worlds apart. Um, but how many more... How many more different movies can can they make? Yeah. Can we... Well, we're not going to have another 10 years of feeling like every MCU movie had it's some unique It's going to stop feeling like quality. an event. Yeah. And it depends, like... How has Far From Home done at the box office? Is very it an well. event? It has done very well? It's going to cross a billion worldwide. Okay. Um, Apparently. Obviously, I learned the... Well, I, I heard the opposite, but I can't be surprised at that anymore. Um, hearing conflicting opinions about how it did in theaters. like, But that's the thing. Like, it does beg the question. It's like, how long is a Marvel movie an event? How long are, I mean, at this point, movies in general are kind of not, no longer an event. Like, there's so much stuff that comes out. I think it's more of an event when something that's not a big blockbuster. Like, two movies that I'm interested in are The Art of Self-Defense, which I tagged you in the Oh, yeah, I never responded because I'm, like, kind of... Awful? I'm lazy on Facebook. I, I, like, look at Facebook notifications, but I don't actually put anything on Facebook. Because I said I was off Facebook. But you're not. And if I do post or respond to anything, you'll be like, you're on Facebook. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, you got me. Well, you, that's why you got Hangouts now. Or just text me or something. But either way, anyway. 
Then you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. So it's like two things that I'm interested in. That part, to me, they're events because they're not superhero flicks. And well, Tarantino kind of carries a little bit of weight with him. So I'm going to be totally honest with you. What I'm really looking forward to right now. Don't tell me the Lion King. Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> I'm of mixed feeling, and this here's the thing. I'm not going to laugh that much at you because I have fantastic, fantastic for your furious, <laughs> Fast and the Furious box set. Just the first six movies. I own the eighth one. Seventh one is honestly not that good. I haven't seen it. A lot of people love it, but like, dude, I mean, I love those movies. They're I mean, fun. honestly, like, I'm watching the trailer and I'm like, yeah, like, I will sign me up to watch Jason Statham and The Rock and Idris Elba trade one-liners for two hours. It's an action, exactly. Yeah, like, just sign me up for that and then watch, we'll watch things blow up, we'll watch uh, trucks with, um, with, uh, what do you call them? With ropes, tie onto helicopters and make a huge train, whatever is gonna happen. And the rocks, like Samoan cousins, all yeah. show up and do a haka. Like, great, sign me up. You know, it's like, like Lord of the Rings, stuff. but with wine, man. <laughs> it's like Samoan. Samoan. Uh, whatever. You, whatever. Uh, but yeah, like, so, like, totally sign me up for that. Like, it looks, it doesn't have to have a, a point, it doesn't have to have continuity, it just has to be fun. And it largely exists because The Rock and Vin Diesel did not get along on set. That yeah, apparently. Which is funny because they went through enough movies, oddly enough, um, together. But, see, see, maybe that's what I got to do. Maybe I got to come over one day when the kids go to bed and it's like, let's pick a Fast and Furious movie. Because part of it, too, because that series evolves in such a weird way. Uh, right. The first movie is a point break ripoff. The second movie... Eliminated all the original characters, right? No, no, no. no. Oh. The second movie we ignore because I almost thought I, I almost talked about the third one because I never. I, I you don't watch the second movie; it's a piece of crap. Is that Tokyo? Is Tokyo Drift the second one? Tokyo Drift is the third one. <sighs> I really liked Tokyo Drift. A lot of other people don't. Tokyo Drift is an interesting film because the director. Oh shoot! How come I keep forgetting his name? Oh shoot, Justin Lin. I yeah. think it's only Justin Lin, yeah, the director. Right. And the, the if you go back to the movie he did before that, um, Better Luck Tomorrow, you can kind of understand how he got got the job. Um, but Better Luck Tomorrow was a really interesting, good film. And then um, he gets Tokyo Drift, and the the thing that I know, I knew the director was good because in the first Fast and the Furious. I never gave a crap about any of the racing scenes. Tokyo Drift, I was enthralled by just about right, every Tokyo, It was Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious was, was the, the second, second one. Yeah, now, okay, now I remember, yeah, yeah. And I, that, like, that's, that's... I think I've seen, I think, I'm actually, I'm gonna be straight with you. I've only seen Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious. So I haven't, I haven't seen any of these movies, but I've watched clips and been like, this looks amazing. Like, why am I not watching It looks this? so fun. And the I, fifth I, one's the best one. And I, and I totally understand why this is making, like, a billion dollars in China. Because, like... <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even just that. It's like, it's... And sorry, we've spoiled the this Spider-Man podcast. What have you? Yeah, what have Now we're talking about Vin Diesel and... Uh, because it's such an interesting evolution of film. It's an interesting evolution of a okay. franchise. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so, so basically, so what we're going to tell you is... 
Our next podcast is going to be talking about the Fast and the Furious, apparently. Evidently. Pro- probably not. Um, we're probably going to talk about Caligula effect or something like that. Oh, you won't have a beat by then. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> you're still on the first dungeon, man. Well, then again, you're playing on normal. You might actually have... Because most people can beat it in about 25 or 30 hours. Yes, I saw. I took over 50. So I'm... Oh, jeez. But I played it on hard, and I actually tried to do some of the side content. I didn't get to do it all, but... Yeah, you can beat it in uh, not as much time. It's an interesting game, so we might talk about it. We'll see. It also depends if it's like a month until you're recording next. So yeah, that'll that'll depend. I mean, I've already played it for like four hours, so. But no, I mean, we talked about Spider-Man, and obviously we like it. Not sure how we feel about the rest of the MCU, but at the very least, and maybe that's the trick. Maybe they're like, we get them with this cliffhanger. They'll be in. They'll be sitting in the next movie. All we need to do is let them know that Spider-Man's in the next movie, whatever it is. It's a Black Widow prequel, but somehow, somehow. we fit Tom Holland's Spider-Man in there. So you're going to watch it's it. because they frame it like the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, it's Nick Fury. Spider-Man's up on the space station, and Nick Fury's Good tucking God. his hands. If there was ever a modern <laughs> Adam, uh, uh, Adam Savage? No, no. Fred, Fred Savage. Savage. There's ever... A modern Fred Savage in terms of voice, it would be Tom Holland. Be Tom Holland. Because think about the sound yeah. of Fred Savage and Princess Bride. Granted, he was younger. That's the funny thing. Fred Savage was actually a kid, and now Tom Holland's voice. It's like, how does he do that with his voice? How does he make himself sound like that? I don't know. But now, now I want to see that. I want to see. I want to see the framing device being Nick Fury is tucking a sick. Peter Parker <laughs> in the bed and reading him, you know, let's, let me, uh, this is a book that my father used to read to me and his father read to him. It's called Budapest. No, 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 better than, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking, it's like, let me read this red ledger to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Budapest. <laughs> Uh, that would be wonderful, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. That's okay. Especially because Deadpool already tried to do that with their PG-13 version of Deadpool 2. I don't know why they tried that, but they did. Did it make money? Can I, can I watch that? I think point? you can. It's kind of disguised as a Christmas special. I don't know. Once Upon a Deadpool? Once Upon a Deadpool, yes. Yeah. That's what that is. Like, I'm sitting there, because Once Upon a Deadpool. And then, like, oh, no, that's Deadpool 2, but PG-13. I guess you can make that work. I guess. I kind of have to watch it now. Okay, so so the conclusion of this podcast is we're going to watch Once Upon a Deadpool. No. No? <laughs> we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, we're going to watch something. We're going to play stuff. We're going to do a lot of things, but we're not going to do that. Bloodstain. Maybe we'll play some Bloodstain. I've been playing Bloodstain, which evidently, because I just tried to play it handheld. I played it handheld once, performance fine. Played it handheld here. Performance was awful. So evidently you don't play uh, Bloodstained on the Switch handheld. Just play it docked. So um, otherwise, we'll talk to you later, people. Have a good night. Have a good everything. Oh, I finished my Final Fantasy IX video. So YouTube.com slash RamblePack64, www.RamblePack.com, all the usual stuff. Hope you have a good night.